0: We've been on a series on the Beatitudes for the last five weeks, and we're in part five of of this series of eight. Now, I guess you've realized as we've gone along that the first, there's two two groups. There's four that are about the relationship to God, and there's four that are about our relationship to one another. And today it's our blessing to look at mercy. I don't know how this works, but whenever I get to preach on these things, somehow I get the honor of being very much tested on the very thing I'm about to share with you. So I own this. lock, stock, and smoking gum. (laughs) Matthew 5, verse 7 from the Phillips translation. Happy are the merciful, for they will have mercy shown to them. Happy, blessed, to be envied is what the Greek means. Blessed and to be envied are you if you show mercy to others, for you will have mercy shown to you. Now true believers offer mercy to others because they have received an unfathomable mercy from God. Let me be clear, this does not guarantee you will receive mercy from others in this world. Some people try to twist that scripture and make it all about me. No. Let me say that one more time. This does not promise or guarantee mercy in return in this world. It's looking farther ahead. But our comfort and our encouragement comes in the knowledge that no matter how this world treats you and I, God will show us mercy both now and when he returns. In a nutshell, Jesus is saying this, you're going to get what you give. It's the law of direct return. And the point is, if you want to be blessed, you need to treat people right. And what's the right way to treat people that we are focusing on this morning? It's to be merciful. Now, what is mercy? Let's get some definitions out of the way. What is mercy? Mercy. Mercy, my friends, is love in action. It's more than just an attitude of sympathy. More than just feeling sorry for people. Mercy is responding like God. Now look at this. um, Psalm 145. The Bible says, God is kind and merciful. He is slow to get angry and full of love. God is kind, and He is merciful, slow to get angry, and full of love. So if you want to be like God, you need to learn to show mercy. You know why we have to learn it? Because it's not our normal human reaction. You see, forgiveness, stay with me on this one, forgiveness flows out of mercy, and mercy flows out of love. Ephesians 2, and I haven't put this in, you may want to write that down on the side. Ephesians 2 verse 4 says, But God, being rich in mercy, listen to that, God is rich in mercy, because of His great love, which He loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. So forgiveness flows out of mercy, and mercy flows out of love. Work that backwards. You can't say you love somebody without showing them mercy. And the greatest commandment is love the Lord. You've got all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor. That means show them mercy. Be careful claiming I love somebody and not show them mercy. It's incongruous. It's not moron. Now today, I want to give you four very practical marks of a merciful person. So that you, like when you go to the VTNZ, actually that's too expensive. For a warrant of fitness, forget that. You should be able to get a warrant for 20 bucks. So, but this this is a very important warrant. And you get to take it yourself before the master evaluates you. So I'd highly encourage before you go, you take a check on these four marks. See how you pass. Four months of mercy. If I am merciful, I will be patient to those who are peculiar. Into every life must come some weirdos. <laughs> you know, the elevator doesn't go all the way to the top. Lights on, maybe home. You know, those are the irregular people that kind of don't conform can be irritating, and they can sometimes even appear obnoxious. Anybody met anybody like that? Oh, okay. We have good identification here. How do you handle people that are peculiar? How do you do that? You'll find them at school, Sammy. You'll find them in all sorts of places, university, work. You might even find a few in your family. <laughs> Don't look. How do you handle peculiar people? Well, the Bible says, if I am merciful, I will be patient with peculiar people. The Bible says here in 1 Thessalonians 5, encourage the timid, help the weak, and what? Be be what? (laughs) Patient with everyone. Now, right now, we could just stop, pack up, have the last one done. Because that verse there, is it direct? Lord, have your way in my life. We sung this morning with full integrity. Now he says, great, this is my will. Be patient with everyone. With everyone. With everyone, even the jerk at work. Be patient with everyone. Are you patient with everyone? Well, don't feel bad. I'm not. <laughs> so we're on good company here. How can you be patient with peculiar people? Well, just a few thoughts on that. If you understand sometimes you can, if you learn their background, you learn a little bit about what's gone in in their lives. You can often see why they act. you see, because hurting people hurt people. That's what I found. Instead of looking and saying, look how far that girl's gotta go. Look how far she's gotta grow. Going back the other way and saying, being cognizant of their background, look how far they have come. See, often if you look beneath the external behaviour, you will discover internal pain. Something that's driving that peculiarity, and behind every peculiar behaviour, often I found there's deep loneliness, insecurity. Man, you touch somebody who's insecure in an insecure, you know, in that area. Whoa, they'll react or deep hurts, or even depression. The Bible says this. It gives us, Lord, have your way in my life. Let's apply this next verse. Accept one another. Then just as Christ accepted you. In order to bring praise to God. See, accepting people is what Christ did. He accepted us. Whilst we were sinners, dead in our transgressions, the Bible says. So merciful people are accepting people. They're not quick to criticize. If you know people, look around again, who are quick to criticize, they're not being very merciful. Merciful people are not in a hurry to judge and say, I can't see that. They don't deny the facts. But maybe there's something going on there. And remember, realize that hurting people, or often are hurtful people, so the secret of not being irritated with peculiar people is to try and understand their background. So if I'm a merciful person, I will be first patient with peculiar people. I won't get on my high horse. Or let them get my goat. By the way, we shouldn't have a goat. So Number two, I'll be patient with those who are peculiar. And number two, I'll forgive those who are fallen. In other words, when people make mistakes... And we all make mistakes. Do you rub it in? You know, rub it in, you just can't wait to jump and gloat. Or, I told you so. good advice to marriage, please don't say those words, I told you so. Or do you rub it out? When somebody lets you down, Boy, that can hurt. Discipline. Do you hold it over their heads for the rest of their lives? Or do you let them off the hook? Do you ever let them off the hook? If you don't let them off the hook, you are not being merciful. I know of a man who is only married six months and his wife did something Stupid. She came back and she said she was absolutely wrong. She was only thinking of herself. And through a series of discussions and conversations, she said, will you forgive me? Well, that man, she, what she did was totally wrong, no question. But that man held onto that and held it over her every time and beat her with that. But yeah, but you did that. Yeah, but you did that. Always going back, always going. And he never let her forget it. And he even used that to just, well, so what? I did this. You did that. He used it to justify his own dumb behavior. Finally, she just left him. If you keep holding things over people's heads, especially in a marriage, you're the one that's got the problem. Especially if they repent and say, look, I'm sorry. Look what the Bible says. Be gentle and ready to forgive. See, you can't hold an attitude like that guy did because he's, he's ignoring this verse. He's not letting God's will in his life. Be ready to forgive. Never hold grudges. The Bible is so practical. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. There's a whole parable about that. You should read that sometime. It's convicting, to say the least. <laughs> That's mercy. Notice. Have you ever noticed in your life that when you're receiving forgiveness, oh, it feels good. But when you have to give forgiveness, and I, I often, when you're you know, you asked, it can sometimes feel so wrong. I don't want to forgive that person. Now, I don't want to forgive him. I want justice. It's like the lady who went back to the photographer after she had a portrait done. She said, I demand my money back. And the photographer said, Well, why? She said, Well, she said, Well, this picture doesn't give us do me justice. The photographer looked and said, You don't need justice, ma'am, you need mercy. <laughs> mercy is giving people what they need, not what they deserve. That's what God did for us. And it's a lot easier, folks, I'm there, to criticize than empathize. A lot easier. And it's easier to point the finger than lend a helping hand. We'll come back to that in a minute. So if I'm a merciful person, I'll be patient with peculiar people, and I'll be forgiving with those who have fallen. And number three, I'll help those who are hurting. I'll help those who are hurting if I'm merciful. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 27, Good News Version, Whenever you possibly can, do good to those who need it. Mercy is practical assistance. And the fact is there are hurting people all around you. Now, to just feel sorry for them is not Christ-like. It's when you do something about it. When you help them. When you take action. Notice this verse. If someone who is supposed to be a Christian... And there's enough money to live well. And by the way, we all live well. We have food, clothing, and shelter. And sees a brother in need, but won't help him. How can God's love be in him? Implication? You need to have a good look. Whether you really are forgiven and saved. Let's just stop saying we love people. Let's show it by our actions. In other words, that verse is there, put your money where your mouth is. That's what it says. Now that verse stabs me like a dagger in the heart. You too? It does for me. Say, don't just say that we love people. Show it. Do something real. And let's really help people. Now, a good example of this would be John Wesley. I was reading about a bit of his life this week. And this is his life's motto. He said, do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, for as long as you can. That is practical mercy in action. And few men make greater impact in their lives than John Wesley, who, by the way, founded the Methodist church. So God says, when you see somebody hurting, a merciful person does something about it. Doesn't feel sorry for them. Sorrow motivates them to action. Like, well, a comedian was once asked, what's your religion? And the comedian responded, well, I'm a Jehovah's bystander. I don't want to get involved. <laughs> and I know a lot of Jehovah's bystanders. God does not want you to be a Jehovah's bystander. Classic illustration of this is a good Samaritan. Who is my neighbor, Lord? Love the Lord, you guys. So Love your neighbor, yourself. So who is my neighbor? The lawyer pops a question to get a bit more specific, as lawyers do, focus on the detail. Then he tells a story about the Good Samaritan, who actually was their quote enemy. You know, the story got beat up, and two religious hypocrites just, oh, yeah, see you. No, I don't want to get involved. I'm in a rush, off to a meeting, whatever. Religious hypocrites. The man's been mugged. He's in critical condition. And along comes his enemy. Sees him by the road. Doesn't just feel sorry for him. Goes, picks a guy up, sticks him on his donkey, rolls off to the nearest holiday inn, pulls out his visa and says, look after this man. I'll put a $1,000 on this. And if it needs more, I'll sort you out and get back. That guy took action. That is Fulfilling the great commandment, love your neighbor. Very clear, the scriptures. The other two walked by and they didn't want to get involved. The third showed mercy. And Jesus is saying, blessed are those who get involved for great will be their reward. Great will be their reward. I want to read a scripture together in Jude chapter 1, verse 24. Let's read it. Be merciful to those who doubt. Why does he say that? I think the reason why he says that is because often when we're hurting, that's one of our times when we can be tempted to doubt. Asking, why did this happen, God? Where are you in all of this? Don't you care, God? Now if you've never had those doubts, maybe you haven't been hurt that much, in that much pain. Now what's a Christ-like response to people doubters? Well, when they're in pain and they're doubting like that, don't try and slam them in with a whole bunch of facts and prove that their thinking's all wrong. Don't demean them, well you shouldn't be, or disown them, well you're not even a Christian, how can you even say those things? No, 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 don't say that. And don't desert them. You show them mercy and support them through their pain. That's what the Bible says. Now, there's a fourth behavior of merciful, of the merciful. So firstly, I'll be patient with the peculiar. Yeah. Number two, I'll be forgiving with those who are fallen. Number three, I'll help those who are hurting. And number four, I'll do good to my enemies. Oh, Ian, can't we just skip over this one? Choose another one. Well, no, we can't. (laughs) Because Jesus didn't. He holds our feet to the fire on this one. In Luke 6. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that for you? There's none. Just normal. No credit at all. Even sinners do that, Jesus says. But love your enemies and do good to them. Then your reward will be great. So he said, be merciful just as your father is. And what he's basically saying there, like father, like son. This is how I behave. And I want you to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. So if you want to be like God, really, Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul. Have your way in my life, be merciful. That's what he's saying. We don't get to put this one to the side. Oh, I can attend church, yes. And I can get baptized, yes. And I can give, yes. But do I have to be merciful? Yes. Yes. You can't do all the others and forget about this. What credit is it to you? Even the sinners do that. Be nice to those who are nice to you. Boy, have I been challenged on that one this week. So if you want to be like God, be merciful. Do good for those who try to do evil to you. That is the exact opposite of what our culture says to do. If people hurt you, what do you want to do? You want to get them, right? You want to get them good, and you want to sh- sh- close them down. Yeah? That's a natural reaction. You want, the culture says, get even, retaliate, destroy them, almost. That's what it says. But Jesus said, don't just even forgive them. Look for ways to be nice to them. Then you will be a light in the darkness. You will be very definitely salt. Salt's like an antiseptic, too, by the way. Now, that is easy to talk about. I admit that this morning. It is very easy to talk about this. Very hard to do this. Especially, what if it worked? That guy who was constantly criticizing you. I mean, there are jerks in the world, wouldn't you agree? If you agree, say amen. amen. Okay, that's the first universal amen I've had in this church. <laughs> don't look at people when you're. <laughs> okay. Now, what if tomorrow at work, when you were criticized, you returned them with some, and it takes some creative thinking sometimes, appropriate compliment? What if when you were at school, you were put down, you tried to encourage them? I tell you, you blow their minds. you knock them off their perch. Why do this? Because that's what Jesus said to do. That's what being merciful is. It is not returning evil for evil. It's returning good for evil. That's what it is. And all of a sudden, something's happened in the background which you may not have noticed that you are now in control of that situation. You are not on the defensive, you are on the offensive because you are leading, you are changing the tune, you have a choice. You are not reacting, you are initiating and acting in the way that you should do. You're not being pushed around by that. So, mercy is love and action, it's the way that God treats people. God is kind, God is merciful. He's slow to anger. And the rest of that verse in the Living Bible says his compassion is entertained in everything that he does. Everything. Now, when I meet people who don't just fit, they're sort of like heavenly sandpaper, they're irritating, and you don't get along with them, you have to be patient with those kind of people. Because you check out their background and realize that hurting people hurt people. And then you're forgiven to the fallen because you realize that we all stumble. We all fall on our face. We all trip up. Nobody's perfect. And we don't hold a grudge. And we help those who are hurting. We don't just feel sorry for them. It's like James says here. And I didn't put that in your outline. But he says, if you see a guy without any clothes, and say, hey, be warmed, and be of good cheer, and see you later. And you don't do anything about it, it's worth nothing. You say, that's very tough to do good to those who do evil to me. But that's mercy, not slamming them back with greater or equal force. That's why you'll need some very I will feel motivation to be a merciful person. So, so far, we've talked about the meaning of mercy. We have talked about the marks of mercy. Now, I want to give you three last motivations on why you need to be merciful this week. Why should I do that? Number one, most important, because God has shown mercy to me. That's why. Matthew 18, Shouldn't you be merciful to other people just as I have been merciful to you? See, God expects me to do to others what he's already done for me. That's a fair deal. In fact, it's way more than a fair deal because you'll never have to forgive somebody more than he's forgiven you. you got the good end of the deal. Now think about that with those people who really tick you off. If you have a hard time showing mercy, remind yourself of how much God has forgiven you. And that's a golden rule revisited right there. Then think how completely Christ has forgiven us. And this should produce a free and generous attitude of forgiveness towards others. When I really stop. I need to stop and remind myself, God, if you can be merciful to me, I can be merciful to that person. Luke 6.36 reminds us of this. It says, be merciful just as your Father is merciful. In the same manner in which your Father is merciful. Now one day, while Jesus was teaching, some religious hypocrites Brought to him, woof, right there in front of him, a woman caught in the very act of adultery. And they said, hey, we have a document. And it says, a woman caught in adultery should be stoned. That's what the, the law says. And he you said, you're right. That's the law. But whichever one of you has not sinned, you cast the first stone. And of course, one by one, the Bible says they all walked away. By the way, have you ever noticed that we tend to judge others by their actions, but ourselves by our intentions? I've noticed that in my life. God wants us to be merciful. Why? Because God has shown mercy to me. Number two. The second powerful motivation to do this is because I will need mercy in the future. Now, not only is God expected, expects me to be merciful to me, because, first of all, God has been merciful to be my past, but I am going to need mercy in the future because I don't expect to be perfect between now and I get to heaven. I don't know about you. So I'm going to need a whole bunch of mercy. So read with me. James chapter two, verse 13 from the Phillips version. "The man who makes for others will find That's quite sobering. Now let me be clear, lest you get in a theological dead end. We cannot earn forgiveness by forgiving others. But when we withhold forgiveness from others, having received it ourselves, we show that we don't understand and we don't appreciate God's wonderful work of forgiveness and mercy and grace in our lives. We've lost the plot. We're actually being tremendously selfish when we do that. Let's call a spade a spade. The man who makes no allowance for others. And it comes out in criticism and and judgment. That's how it comes out. Always criticizing. There's no mercy in their lives. Jesus says, those that give it, get it. You say, but you don't know how much that person's hurt me. I can't forgive them. All I can say on that one, to say to you, then I hope you don't sin. Mercy is a two-way street. Don't burn the bridge that you must eventually cross. And be careful about demanding justice. Because God might just give you what you ask for. If we all got what we deserved, none of us will be even here. God does not give us what we deserve. He gives us what we need. And that's mercy. Man, do we need mercy. And mercy is giving to others, not what they deserve. It's what they need. The fallen. Yeah. Third risen you need to learn to be merciful this week, is because being merciful makes me happy and blessed. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the merciful. Now the opposite of that is true. Unhappy are the unmerciful. Miserable. In fact, some of the most miserable people I know are the resentful. Those who refuse to give up a grudge. They just refuse. Interesting verse here in Proverbs 11, verse 17. The Bible says, Your own soul is nourished when you are kind. It is destroyed when you are cruel. It's saying, Doing acts of mercy gets us outside of ourselves, Gets a focus off me. It's like a boomerang blessing. Jesus says, What you give out, You're going to get back. So how do I become a merciful person? The starting point is firstly experiencing the mercy and love and forgiveness of God. Now some of you haven't yet accepted God's mercy. That Jesus died on the cross so that you could be fully forgiven. Complete forgiveness, clear conscience, purpose in life. But you can't offer mercy to anyone else unless you first receive. You can't give to somebody what you haven't been given. You can't offer forgiveness to anybody else unless you feel forgiven. See, if you don't feel forgiven, you ain't going to let anybody else off the hook. Well, why? Because I feel bad, so you should still feel bad. That sounds a fair deal in most people's minds. One of the reasons why some of you have a hard time forgiving others is because you do not really, deep down, feel forgiven. So the starting point is I must first experience. It's not just intellectually knowing. It's experiencing God's forgiveness through Jesus Christ. I must experience His mercy and the peace and the forgiveness of God. Now in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, the great commandment the great commission, we've touched this a few times, love others implies directly showing mercy to them. Not to show mercy is not to love them. Let me flip that round. I've been given it, so I give it to others. Matthew 25 shows that Christians are going to be judged. Not for your sins, no, but for how they treated other people. Let me say that again in case some of you misquote me there. You will not be judged if you are a Christian for your sins. Why? Because Christ already paid the penalty. And you've accepted that. But you and I will be judged for every idle word that is spoken. Yeah? We'll be judged for the words. And we'll be judged for the deeds. That's all tied to rewards. And we will be judged according to Matthew 25. Go home and read that if you want to have a look at that. Now, in as much as you've done it to any of these, you have done it to me. Actions. As much as you have done it, not said to them, as much as you have done it, you've done it to me. God's going to ask each of us individually, how did you treat other people? Were you merciful to them? Jesus had a ministry of mercy. He lifted up the lonely. He accepted the rejected. He grieved with those who were sorrowing. He loved the unlovely. He helped those who were helpless. And he helped the hurting. And he cared for them. Like a shepherd. Now God wants you and I to be a representation of Christ On this earth, at your job, in that that salesman who keeps trying to grab your territory and steal your customers, who's in your company, yeah, the one, the other person who doesn't do the put the paperwork through properly and causes you problems. He wants you to be the representation of Christ there. He wants you to be the representation of Christ in. Your home, in your home, and this is where the rubber meets the road. In your business dealings, friends, know this: nothing that is said, and you think done in quiet, is ever done in secret. It will all be revealed in glorious headlines. God knows. So in your business dealings, be a representative of Christ. And that includes things like when you have an agreement with somebody, if you agree, or if you have a rental property, don't try and abuse the situation. Be a representative of Christ in your business dealings. Treat people the way that he would. And the most Christ-like thing you can do is care for others. So, who is it in your life that needs mercy? As we wrap this up, who is it? Is there somebody that you need to let off the hook right now? That you felt God impressed on your heart? There it is. Maybe there's a multiplicity of people that you need to let off the hook. Every time they do something you don't like, you bring up the past as ammunition. You all know the people I mean. And remember, that's a great way to kill a marriage. Who is it this week that you need to say a word of forgiveness to? To let them off the hook that the slate is clean and never mention it again. It's over with, it's done, it's forgiven, that's it. So be there. Be happy this week. Be blessed. Show mercy. This is the kind of church that we at New Hope want to be. A place of God's mercy, where we are patient with the peculiar, where we're forgiving with those who have fallen. Please, if you've come to this church recently, or you know, and you're looking for a perfect church, Please don't join us because we're not perfect. <laughs> we just want you to know that we we are fellow strugglers on the life, but we want to live with integrity and trying to do what God's called us to do. You'd have to be forgiving of those who have fallen if you want to join this church. It doesn't matter the, what you've done in your past, friends. What matters is the direction of your feet now. That's what matters. This church is a type of church for people who are honest enough to realize that they don't have it all together. That's what we want it to be. We want it to be a place for those to help those who are hurting. And even when people do bad to us, we want to return good instead of seeking revenge. So may God's Spirit today speak to you about people that you need to let off the hook to show that you are merciful. As your heavenly Father has been merciful to you, let us pray and bow our heads. This morning, have you I want to talk to you, have you really experienced the forgiveness and the mercy of God? But it's the greatest thing you can ever experience the mercy and the love of God. You see, Jesus Christ cared enough to die for you and to forgive every sin that you've ever done wrong. But you need to come, you need to admit those sins and ask forgiveness and let them clean out your life and start over a brand new life. This is not turning over a new thief, this is starting a new life. There's no need today to go out of this room with any guilt. It is totally unnecessary. And if you do go into this room with guilt, it's because you choose to do it. Remember God says, I want to wipe the slate clean, and it's like starting over. We call that being born again. A brand new lease on life. Now some of you have had things in your past that have been hounding you for so long. And you need to let go of it. You need to let go of that person. You need to let them go and that grudge that you've been holding against them. Because you cannot get ahead if you're always trying to get even. Would you say, Lord, I want to experience your grace and mercy? Would you please forgive all the things that I've done wrong? And would you help me to feel forgiven? Would you help me forgive myself? And this week... Help me to offer mercy to others just as you've offered it to me. You've shown me mercy in the past and I thank you for that. But boy, Lord, I know I'm going to need it in the future. Help me to be patient with those who are peculiar and maybe even things in my own family that really bug me and irritate me. But I know I need to be a merciful person because you're merciful with me. Lord, would you help me to forgive those who have fallen and made mistakes, and not to rub it in, but to rub it out. Now, if God brings something to your mind that you've never forgiven, would you just say right now, "Lord, I release them. I'm not going to mention it again. I'm not going to use it as an excuse to justify my own behaviour. Lord, help me to help those who are hurting." And to do good for those who do wrong to me when they criticize me, whether they harm me, whether they mean or do something bad. Father, help me by your spirit. Rather than just being a passive doormat, help me take the initiative to be assertive for doing something good to them. Like your word says, help me to be like Jesus. We pray this in the strong Powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord.